This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. If I would have told you that a college reporter would someday become the director of photography of sports at Getty Images, well, you just might think I was off my rocker. Max Wolfson is that reporter. After 19 years at Getty Images and the last four as that director of photography, that young reporter could never have imagined he would travel the world and get paid to see sports. I learned all of it, which which was such a great lesson because we weren't that big of a team at the time. We didn't have people doing this stuff for us. I was booking enough photographers travel. I was trying to, the day hotels got available, I was trying to book as many hotel rooms as I could to save money because we knew we would need X amount of rooms per event. Um, and it, it just, it, it led me to so many, to, to checking off so many different boxes that I just understood all of it and became, like you said, a logistics manager, you know, whether it was shipping equipment in or working with, you know, Canon trying to get gear there. I always had the goal of photographer shows up and does what they do best. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Oscar winners Hall of Famers and photographer Matt Dirks. What, what I told myself was, I, I'm working with a camera right now that had 240 frames a second. How do I make one of those 240 frames be the ultimate storytelling image? And that was the challenge. So I started doing photography and trying to figure out how to make one of 240 as the, the be-all, end-all. And that was, that's still my, my, my thesis, I guess, for me, is how do I make the one image that's going to, to stand out from the rest? Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for my sponsor before diving into my conversation with Max Wolfson. Max, how in the hell are you? Oh, man, Matt, it's good to see you. It's, uh, I'm, I'm good. You know, it, it is nice to be back in the office, which is great. We're doing this in our uh, L.A. office here. And, uh, yeah, sports are uh, full on. You know, baseball is luckily back. Um, football seems like it never stops. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sitting in a boardroom, like a room for like 20 people. And it's just you and I on this whole floor. It, it, it's great. <laughs> you know, I have to say when we wanted a space to do this, it's like let's take advantage of our office because it is, it is here and open. <laughs> and it, it, it is good to be back. And we have a nice view as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like no complaints, you know, busy, busy, but I, I will never complain about being busy after, uh, what the last couple of years have, have thrown at us. So, yeah, you had uh, a little pause in sports and, and had really everything photographically we did other uh, than news, but that's, you know, yeah, the craziness. I mean, I mean, we transitioned into, to news photographers and editors, you know, for those few months there, we tried to, you know, put, you know, athletes in, in showing what they did from home, which was cool. Um, a lot of athletes were, were excited to see us, and we were able to, to go into their homes, and they allowed us in, which was great. But, you know, our photographers and our editors, you know, it, we're all sports fans. We all want to be shooting sports, and, you know, we're so thankful we're back doing that. Right. Give me a small background on where you started to find the interest of visuals, right? Was it before AS or Arizona, or was it a child family? How did that start for you? I think visuals was always, you know... I loved photography as a kid. Um, I, I will never say that I was a, wanted to aspire to be a photographer, but I always had pictures on my walls. Okay. You know, whether it was you know Sports Illustrated cutouts. You know, I'm a diehard sports fan. I have 
my dad's a huge sports fan. I have two younger brothers who all play sports. I knew from day one I wanted to do something in sports. I didn't know what that was. I kind of went in different directions in school. I knew it was either going to be in media or law or something to do with sport. Um, but to be honest, I, I never knew there was a role like I have now. Right. And never knew, especially in college, until pretty much when I graduated college that I would end up doing what I'm doing today. So. Were you participating like school paper? Were you even taking pictures? Like where was the seeds? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I was a part of the school paper, but on a completely different side. So I ended up starting as a sports writer. I knew I knew I wanted to go to a university that had a big sports program. Okay. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a fan, and I wanted to also do something in media. I was a journalism major. I wanted to write. Um, I, I thought at the time I wanted to be a writer. I enjoyed it. I was uh, ended up starting at the, the bottom, you know, my freshman year of school at the Arizona Daily Wildcat, <laughs> covering lacrosse and rugby. Okay. Knew nothing about either sport. <laughs> I got very, very lucky that the head coach at the time pretty much said, get in my car. I'm going to teach you everything about it. And I got in his car and he says, I do this with every new writer who covers our beat because it's usually the first one they start with. And he showed me the rules and explained what, you know, what the team's doing and who's good, who's bad. It was the best education I ever got. And I... What are the chances the coach takes you as the mentor? I know. And we went on errands. I went with him to the dry cleaners. I went with him to the grocery store and just followed him along. And I'm like, okay, I'm 18 years old. You know, do I tell my parents about like, <laughs> what is going on here? But it was such a great education for me to learn the, the things that I could never learn about, you know, going on Google. So, you know. That is incredible. It was very cool. Did, did you feel Arizona was a big enough school for you? Yeah. Um, for me, I grew up in Southern California. It was close enough to home, but far enough away. Okay. You know, I, I, I grew up a, a fan of the Arizona basketball teams, whether it was the Steve Kerr years or the 97 national championship team. I knew that was a school that I felt like I could, you know, get behind. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, because I grew up in L.A., you know, going to a lot of USC, UCLA games, you know, and I would have loved to have gone to those schools, but they were still, I felt like I wanted to get out of my Southern California right. bubble, and Arizona was, was close enough where I could do that, still drive home when I needed to, fly <laughs> home if I had to, and, you know, to be honest with you, it, it might as well have been, you know, Southern California just transferred over there because right. there were so many people from, you know, from L.A. who ended up going to school there. Right, just driving down that tent, exactly. making their way into I Tucson. did that drive many, many times. So. <laughs> you probably know every bend and yep. turn. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So. so where was it then at that point at Arizona where you're like, okay, I, I feel that I could be a part of this visual in industry? <laughs> it, it happened right after Arizona, to be honest with you. So at school, um, I ended up becoming the sports editor of the school paper. Okay, so you've worked up the ladder. I did. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, rugby and you know, lacrosse weren't it, so it, bad to you. It was not. I started, like I said, at the bottom. And, you know, I don't want to say those sports are at the bottom, but at that school, they were. They, they, are. they, yeah. they weren't the revenue-generating sports. Right. I quickly got lucky and got hooked onto the football beat. At the time, my freshman year, Arizona was ranked third in the nation, which to me, I still can't believe the Arizona football team was ever that good, <laughs> but they were. Um, so I was pretty fortunate to, to be able to travel um, with the football team for almost all four years at school. 
Whoa. Which to me, the education I got, even though I was writing at the time, helps me to this day to be able to learn how to travel, to get Marriott points, to get airline miles, to understand, you know, what it takes to, to go in and out of airports and hotel rooms and booking your own travel. All that stuff I learned in college, which really set me up for what I ended up doing from day one when I got to Getty. Wow. So... Um, that's a big run those four years. Yeah, it was a lot. It was really cool to, to go to all the different PAC 12 stadiums at the time. It was the PAC 10. Um, and then going straight into, I did football and then I think after two years, I ended up doing men's basketball as well. Okay. Um, which at the time they were the number one team in the nation. Um, yeah, that's you know, the gold standard there, there, right? it, yeah. it is, you know, Lute Olson was there. I had a really a unique opportunity to get to know Lute, you know, at the, towards the end of his career and, and have a relationship with him and, and, you know, good and bad. There were some, some days where he wasn't happy with me, but I think that's a learning lesson as well as a student, you know, at the school. Is that weird to say that you had a relationship with Luke? Like it is. It's yeah. like with Bobby Knight or coach K, if you totally. cover that beat, it's not like Jim from the middle of right. ball state. You right. just don't know. We're talking yeah. legend. No, a legend. he's a legend. He has a statue outside, you know, outside the stadium. I mean, that's names how, on the court, right? Names on the court. Yeah. So Luke was, you know, he, he always classy, the white hair, the suit he was, tie. and you felt like you could ask him questions and he would give you a, a straight answer. He knew I was, you know, a student there and you know, the, the, his responses were probably a little bit different and he put up with some things, you know, learning things that, but I did learn a lot, not only from Luke, but from the other media members that I, right. that I worked with. And I realized pretty quickly, like, these are the guys I need to become friends with because who knows what they're going to set me up with. I ended up getting internships out of them. I worked at uh, the local news channel in Tucson. I worked at, you know, some stuff for the paper in Tucson. Different things that allowed me to start networking. And I felt like that was always my goal, was to continue to meet people. Now, what gave you the, the networking? Was, that a, was mom and dad say like, hey, you know, what's the career path for you? We've sent you out to Arizona. What's the goal? Or was that just internal? Like, I got to talk to these guys and see what's next. It's just what I liked. I liked getting a chance to know different people. I looked up to these people. I saw their names in the newspaper every day. I saw their pictures in the newspaper, whether it was a photographer or a writer. I, I just, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Okay. So I wanted to learn from them and see how they got there and, and continue to grow. You know, because I knew I was a student. I knew I wasn't going to produce the same stories as them. But I right. also knew that there was something I can contribute, you know. It was, it was a cool time. You know, we were the number one team in the nation, you know, my senior year of, of college. And I'm sitting there talking to Lou Olson in a room with three other people. Like there wasn't, there, it's not LA. There wasn't, you know, right. 50 media people in there. I felt like I actually could ask questions that would, you know, be important and tell the story of the team. You know, I set up some photo shoots that I still can't believe. We <laughs> took, um, we took the, the basketball team, you know, this was a pretty solid team with Luke Walton and Channing Frye and Jason Gardner and, you know, Gilbert Arenas was there and Richard Jefferson. We had some really good players. We took them to the zoo, and I spent hours with them at the zoo with putting animals on their backs and snakes around their necks, and, <laughs> and I'm just thinking back to the, you know, my time then. I'm going, I'm producing a photo shoot with the number one team in the nation as a student. It was fun. It was, you know, I could be creative. You know, they, they let me be creative. I think at that time, the SID department was really open to doing different things. You That's know. impressive. They're a little more protective now. Yeah, can you, you imagine know. just no. trying to do that now with Santa Monica College? Right. Not no. even UCLA. 
<laughs> so to to think that you know they were open to things like that, and the players had fun with you know had fun with it, you know, and the players felt like you know as a student, I think working for the paper was the best thing I could have done. You build a relationship and a rapport. You understand how to talk to these athletes, and you also understand they're college students too. Right. You know, they're playing video games at night. Mm -hmm. They're going to the same parties. You're in the same classes with them. They're dealing with the same things that you're dealing with, you know, at at a different level. They're famous, uh, famous, you know, in in air mark, you know, quotation marks, you know. But But you guys are taking the same classes. You're seeing them. You're in lunch lines. And a lot of times, you know, there was a player, Salim Stoudemire, who ended up being one of the best players at the University of Arizona at the time. You know, he had a rapport with myself that he would come up to me and tell me things. And I'm like, why are you telling me? He's like, I trust you. You know, you're my age. You know, I I have that relationship with you that I might not feel like I would have with somebody else. And, And I realized pretty quickly that, you know, when you do get a relationship like that, cherish it because... You know, they're harder and harder to get, especially now when athletes are, you know, more protected. And I don't always say it's the athlete's fault. I think a lot of it is the team or the right. PR or the agent or whoever it might be. Well, it's so. it's different. Just the it way is. things went about, the brand then and the brand now For of sure. that university, the athletic department, night and day. Yep. Plus, the athletes have their own brand understanding now. Yep. Like, they didn't understand that then. No. And they didn't have the ability to utilize it now it's, they do oh my goodness yeah, they do and a lot of what we're doing now at getting images is, is working with athletes you know with um the nil the name and mm-hmm. likeness and, and finding opportunities for the athletes working with us in the universities and doing it in the right way of course but it has opened up a whole different you know yeah, that meant nothing to you 20 years ago totally. and now because you couldn't like, right i remember going out and you couldn't even buy you know if you would go with a player you couldn't buy them lunch you know like there were nope. certain things you couldn't do so right. That's totally and, and changed. And now it's totally changed. Yeah, now they're buying you lunch because they got yes. a Platinum American and Express. Al- and they're allowed to have it, which, yeah. is, which is good for them. You know, they deserve it. You know, when, when you see how much money the, the sports are bringing in and, you know, the players play right. a major part in that, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So it's good to see. They're building buildings with, yes, the, with, the, with the money they bring in. Yep, absolutely. So you're done with school. Where do you find Getty? Good question. Or does Getty find you? Uh kind of a little both. So I was done with school, graduated uh, back in 2003. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I had a lot of, I don't want to say exploratory interviews with different people in Tucson. I knew I wanted to end up back in Southern California at some point. Okay. But I, I started to kind of see, you know, whether it be staying and working for the paper in Tucson or for the TV station in Tucson. Um, Bob Elliott was a former player at the University of Arizona. He ended up starting a sports agency. I met with Bob and like, hey, could I be uh, an agent? You know, what would it take to do that? He goes, yeah, go to law school and and try that out. So I said, all right. You know, I was still at the age where, you know, I was living at home, you know, or living at school at the time and, and can, you know, explore a little bit. I ended up applying for law school, took the LSAT, did all right, uh, was about to, you know, go down that route. And a professor of mine recommended me coming into the Getty Images office. I honestly didn't know much about Getty. You know, the school paper at the time, we were using stuff from the Associated Press or we were producing our own content. And at that point, let's say 2003, how long has Getty been known as Getty and not all sport? That's a good question. So Getty is now 27 years old, so pretty young at that point. You know, it was a pretty new company. Um, It's a kid, really. I mean, Yeah, and and at that time, you know, Getty struggled getting credentials for events. You know, it's not like today where we have relationships with every sports league and, you know, every event Getty's at. So... 
at the time, I, I didn't know much about it. They said, you know, I said, okay, cool. I have some time in between now and when I might start law school, I'll go check it out. And they said, it's a writing job, you know, and in sports. I said, okay. I'm like, all right, let's see what that is. Come in the office. Uh, met with the same person who we met with today. Actually, <laughs> she was she was here back then, which is fantastic. And they said, you know, I met with the person who was the hiring manager at the time, and they said, take this test. And I said, all right, what do you mean? They're like, take a test and see if you can identify these athletes. And I said, okay, cool. I I know sports really really well. I knew I wouldn't have an issue. I was expecting some curveballs in there, and it was just like pictures of Michael Jordan or <laughs> Barry Bonds or Joe Montana or whoever it might have right. been at the time. And I'm like, this is the easiest test. I, you know, I right. just graduated college a month ago. Like this is the easiest test I ever took. I'm a white male in America. I better know. I, I better know who these people are. Right. Like, so I'm like, okay, all right. Test done. I'm in, you know, I, I get a call. I said, wow, you did great on your, you know, <laughs> captioning test. I said, great. You know, what, what's the role? And what the role was at the time, you know, it was at the bottom. You know, I worked uh, in the NBA department at the time. We were scanning. I wasn't scanning, but I was captioning film that we would scan from the NBA, which was a good introduction to photography in a way a sports league like the NBA worked. Um, a lot of it was remote. A lot of it was, you know, photos from, you know, legendary photographers, Andy Bernstein or Nat Butler right. or whoever it might be. And I started to to understand more and more on the way they were shooting things. And then quickly, um, about a month into it, they're like, hey, do you want to go to the final four? And you could be on the court, you can run cards. And it's like, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to the final four and they're paying for me to go. And I'm <laughs> like, this is the best job ever. And then, you know, within that first year, I probably went to 50 different sporting events, whether it was editing or, you know, whatever it might have been. And I'm like, as a young kid out of school, you're paying me to travel the world, and I was hooked. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. All of a sudden, like, someone's giving you the keys of the kingdom to, yep. like, go to events that you probably didn't know existed. No, and, and trusted me to to handle, you know, whether it be logistics or editing or whatever it might be, and I had an opportunity to learn from some of the best photographers in the world. And, and again, said, that company's still pretty small at that point. Yeah. Where Very are you small. working out of? Santa Monica, LA? We were in Santa Monica at the time. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it was, you know, I, I don't want to say a struggle. I remember the days where I would follow around PR people or SIDs when they're marking spots on the court going, mm, you know, are you sure we can't get a spot in the front row? You know, now it's, uh, it's obvious, you know, right. we're going to be taken care of at, at different sporting events. But okay, so let's talk about that. We're talking about an unbelievable different time. What was this, 2004? Yep. Okay, about. so yep. the internet now is kind of getting its footing. Yep. Most companies have a place. If you're the LA Times, you got a website. Yep. Have you, has Getty gone full in digital at that point? We we were there, um, just there. I mean, yeah. just at that time. It was very... It's crazy to say, but it was yeah. still pretty ugly. It was. Digital back yeah. then had a lot of limitations. It did. And if you weren't on strobes, that available light inside an arena... Oof. And, and transmitting that digital was hard as well. Right. Um, not to say that, you know, obviously transmitting, you know, film was, was difficult, but, it, you know, transmitting digital had its own challenges. Right. You know, we were still using dial-up, you know, AOL, you know, trying to connect to, you know, to get a, one picture out every couple minutes, you right. know, it was impressive at the time. So now, you go to that Final Four, you say, okay, SI is going to have its two spots. Yeah. ESPN might be there. 
every major newspaper is going to be there whose team is in the final four. Yep. School newspapers, everybody else, the, the hosting city is going to have their photographers there because it's a big thing for them yep. in either Detroit or Indiana or wherever. Then you start to figure out where you put AP and everybody else. And yeah, if you're a young Getty, you're a back row with we the were. student, yeah. Yeah, with the students in the newspapers. We, we'd be lucky to be in front of the students at times, you know, and the NCAA, you know, credit them at the time. They always took care of the students and it was great. But, you know, like you said, you know, the University of Kentucky makes the final four. There are a lot of small newspapers in Kentucky that. You know, that Kentucky basketball team is their bread and butter. Oh, that's it for them. That's all they care about. That's all the, the people in the town care about. So they would always take care of them as well. We'd be behind them. You know, have the you, pecking order. Have you kind of noticed that? You know, we're kind of, we kind of don't really see it being in L.A. It's the L.A. times. Right. But when you go to small towns. For sure. Holy yeah. criminy. Yeah. Everybody in that town gets that paper. Yep. Yeah, and there's talented photographers that come out of that as well. Yeah, you know, and you know they can make a career out and of they get working huge in a display. Like absolutely, I don't. I didn't see the paper when SC and UCLA are still in the Final Four. Right, right? like they might have gotten a one, maybe below the fold, oh, three, yeah. four. You're in Kentucky and they they're in. You're talking it's it. full spread, yeah, yeah. six right. columns special across, sections. special yeah. sections, yeah. Yeah. right? Exactly. It's a different world. So it was hard to compete, you know, against that. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of SIDs or, or PR didn't realize the global reach we had. And I think once they started to realize that, oh wow, your pictures are going all over the world, right. you know, in that manner, they realize, you know, that okay, these guys know what they're doing. You know, they're putting people in here. Who, <laughs> Welcome to the front row. Exactly. <laughs> and and we did. And you know, a flash forward to today, we've had a, a longstanding relationship now with the NCAA and NCAA photos. Right. You know, we work directly with them, and now, you know, we are definitely taken care of. We're doing some pretty exciting things at this year's Final Four, you know, things we could have never <laughs> dreamed of doing back in the day. So, Right. I mean, for you to sit there for those 19 years and see that growth, yeah. really, from, like, that young teenager to, like, a full-blown adult yeah. male. Totally. You know, yeah. it's like a no, – it's, it's, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's been fun. It, it's been fun to be a part of the ride and, you know – Every now and then, it's some small league in some random part of either the U.S. or Canada or, you know, a different country that goes, yeah, we don't know you. We're not going to credential you guys. And it's like, mm, all right, let me, let me get that, you know, here's the leagues we work with and who are they, yeah. you know. So, yeah, hold on, let me send I, you an email. I, I don't miss, I don't miss those days. You know, it was, it was a good learning experience and I think it kept us all humble to realize how much we've grown to get to the point we're at now, mm -hmm. but it's still funny to think back on, you know, how much we struggled just to get into certain events. That first year, is it for you? Are you thinking, okay, this can be something or is it so overwhelming at 22 that you're just like holding on to this bull? That's a good question. I didn't know what it could be. Uh, I knew at that age, I was lucky enough to, like I said, to live with my parents back. I moved back to LA, right. um, live with my parents. You know, my expenses were whatever a 22 year old kid would have, you know, some beer money, you know, money, right. you know. Probably, did you even have a cell phone yet? Um, I did. I did have a cell phone. Some funky but flip yeah, phone. It wasn't a, you know, the iPhone we have today. Yeah. I, can, I could work essentially from my iPhone. You <laughs> it know, was which $40. I, totally. <laughs> um, you know, but to, to say that I was traveling to, you know, I went to an Olympics pretty quickly in my career, you know, Super Bowl, you know, I mean, I, you know, at this point I've been to 17, 18 Super Bowls, whatever it's been. It, it's just, you know, hard to fathom back then what this career could be. You know, I just was kind of along for the ride. Um, I enjoyed traveling in the U.S. 
you know, I didn't travel too much. You know, when I was was younger, we did vacations to, to certain places, but never, you know, I, d- I was on the NASCAR beat, you know, for Getty for a while, and, and getting a chance to, to go to different NASCAR towns was always cool and, you know, see different parts of the country, and then traveling internationally as well. I mean, the amount of countries I've been to and the events that I've been to, it's, you know, I don't take any of it for granted because... We all saw what, what happened to sports two years ago when there wasn't sports, and we would have all craved to just <laughs> go to a local baseball game, and I couldn't even do that, you know. So, Yeah, it's funny how those kind of things we did take for granted. Like, you're just, oh, Lakers play, yeah, Clippers play, right. Kings play, and yeah. then all of a sudden, lights out. Right, and then, you know, knowing me, like, you know, I wasn't taking pictures. I wasn't essential to be there. You know, a lot of times it would be, you know, but when sports did come back, it would be like, okay, you guys can have one credential. They can sit in this spot. They can't touch anything when they walk in. (laughs) So I knew I wasn't going, you know, I've had season credentials for the Lakers for 15 years, but I don't go anymore because there's no real essential reason for me to be there. Right. Um, You know, for years I just, I, you know, oh, cool. I'm out of work early tonight. I'll go stop by Staples and go hang out with, you know, Harry Howe or Sean Happy, whoever our staff photographer would be at mm-hmm. that game. And we'd, you know, have dinner in the press room. But, you know, all that changed a couple of years ago. Right. So. All of a sudden, you know, Harry's walking in a hazmat suit and he's totally. got to shoot a basketball. A- exactly. Game. And with no fans in the stands. So right, yeah. if there's no fans there, there's definitely no need for me to, to sit there just to have, you know, to say hi and watch the game. So. Oh, God. So... Where about in your career, though, now are you starting to think this can be actually a career? Because you're young. It's so funny when we're 20s, we don't understand what 30, 40, 50 be is before you. Yeah, I quickly realized that I, I saw some people within the company that I kind of aspired to want to be. Okay. Um, you know, I really took to the editing side. You know, I love the idea that, you know, as great as our photographers were, they're still limited to the amount of events they can get to in a year. You know, we travel, we travel our photographers a lot, but not to every event. You know, we have now where I think we're up to 40 staff photographers or so in the U.S. There's, you know, not 40 people shooting the Super Bowl. However, as the editor, there's only a handful of us. And if I was doing a good job as the editor, I knew I was going to every Super Bowl. I knew I was going to every World Cup or NBA Finals. So Mm -hmm. for years, to me, my path was, if I work really hard at this, I know I can go to every one of these events because my role was needed. You know, there were three or four photographers at the NBA Finals. There was one editor, myself, who would get who would know that he would go to that. So I, I took the editing as, as something that I really dove into and, and, and enjoyed. A lot of it was also building relationships with the photographers. I knew that if I was at these events and I performed at a high level, they would want me back. You know, not to say that it's up to them, but still. Right. You know, there, there is a relationship there. There's a massive relationship. And, and their word, you know, whether it was to my boss or whoever it was at the time, carries weight. You know, yeah. um, there's some legends that, you know, we work with, whether it's Al Bello or Elsa or Clyde Brunskill or Dave Cannon, whoever it might be. If they're going to say this editor was horrible, I don't ever want to come back. Right. This guy missed every photo. I don't think I would come back. So I knew that each event I'd go to, I'd have to perform at the same level that they would have to perform. Right. So I would, would come back. They trusted me with their pictures. They trusted me, you know, when that button is, when, when I hit send, that photo was going out to the world with their name on it, not my name. However, I knew I played a big part in it. But for me, I realized that those relationships that I'd be building with them, 
would hopefully lead me to a place where, you know, one day I'd feel comfortable enough to actually manage them. And I don't think there's any way I could have gotten to where I am today without starting where I did and building those relationships back in my early 20s where they saw how hard I worked and they knew that I put in the same amount of effort as them. Right, because that kind of gets lost is people just think that, okay, I take the pictures, I send them out, and they magically end up on the wire. Yeah. Boom, they get on a magazine or a press cover or whatever. Now, there's, there's people in between that have to make sure things are right. They go to the right people. If it's a client, they yep. go to Rolex, and they don't just go on the wire because it's a different-looking photo. So to have that relationship and to stay at their level yep. is a very difficult thing. I don't think people understand that. There's a, as the photo editor, you have an achievement you have to get to. And Getty at the time, and we still are, we still do a lot of this. You know, we we were the photo editor. We were the, you know, we were the one booking travel. We were the one trying <laughs> yeah. to get access. We were doing more than just sitting behind a computer editing. Right. So for your me, logistics, I, your I learned all of it, which which was such a great lesson because we weren't that big of a team at the time. We didn't have people doing this stuff for us. I was booking the photographer's travel. I was trying to the day hotels got available. I was trying to book as many hotel rooms as I could to save money because we knew we would need X amount of rooms per event. Um, and it, it just, it, it led me to so many, to, to checking off so many different boxes that I just understood all of it and became, like you said, a logistics manager, you know, whether it was shipping equipment in or working with, you know, Canon trying to get gear there. I always had the goal of photographer shows up and does what they do best. Right. Let the photographer show up and, and shoot the game. We're, Don't let them stress about the other things. Right. We're, I, I've had some wonderful photo editors that were almost part therapists too. Oh. Right? Yes. Right? Where a photographer, let's say you're doing golf four days, and that, that Friday game, that guy just has a horrible, like she can't find yep. any picture. Do you, did you start to feel that role as a therapist? Like I, you're going to be fine to do this, do that? I, I tell people all the time I, I should have been a therapist. I almost feel like that that should have been a prerequisite to, to the role as an editor because it is a very, you know, anyone who's ever shot pictures, uh, they're going to think that they had a bad shoot. It's right. very rare that a photographer goes, oh, man, I just crushed it today. Like, that does not happen very often. Photographers, you know, have very, very high standards for themselves, you know, and I think that's what keeps them good because they, they do take pride in their work. But a lot of that is that conversation after that game ends, you're sitting there at dinner and, you know, having a beer or whatever it might be. And they go, oh, I'm horrible. I shouldn't even be here. Why am I here? And then you as as the editor and the, the one that I always felt like was the one to kind of say, hey, you know what? What about the 75 other pictures? I know you might have missed that one moment. But at the end of the day, you 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 did more than anybody else in the world would have done. You had a great day. And it's that, you know positive reinforcement that I, I, I feel like is so needed. And to this day, I, I still feel like that's such a big part of my job. Yeah. It's funny. It's, um, it's almost the comedian syndrome where they remember the one show the most where they bombed, but they don't remember the other hundred where they killed it. Everybody was laughing at every joke, every photographer, just that one shot, the ref got in the way, yeah. wasn't bad on ball. I missed the exposure. It's like, but you killed it for the other four hours out there. I think that's what keeps people at the top of their game, right? Like, you know, I always go back to Al, you know, Bella, who, you know, to me was one of the first people I had a chance to really work with. I used to go to Vegas with him at least once a month for a big fight. And Al always, to this day, he still does. He always feels like if he has a bad day, he's not going to have a job the next day. It's like, 
Al, you've been on staff with us for 28 years or whatever it's been. You're going to have a job if you miss that one right. picture. But, you know, it, it's that person looking over his shoulder going, don't screw this up, that I think keeps him fresh and, and keeps him feeling like he needs to continue to perform at that level. You know, so it, it's funny. I, I think without that part of it, photographers would, would just kind of coast. And I don't think anybody wants a photographer who coasts. They want a photographer who's always feeling that pressure to, to reach that, you know, the level of the athlete or the level they think they should be at. Right. So when did you get that balance as a photo editor where you're a therapist, but you're also kind of the hammer at times where you're kind of like, hey, you know what? That, that wasn't the best day. I'm not going to pat you on the back. I'm going to kick you in the ass a little bit and say like, that wasn't what we thought we had that day. You missed a lot of stuff. For sure. It, it took time and it, it took a tone that I had to learn. And I think that tone changes based on who the photographer is. Right. It's me knowing what pushes their buttons, you know, and, and to this day it still does. You know, there's certain people who I, I know and said, man, you, you know, excuse me, you F that up, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they'll be okay with it. And we'll have dinner that night. and It'll be fine. If there's somebody else I say that to, they're going to be, you know, upset in the corner and you, you might know, lose them for a week. For sure. Like so they don't. Ha yeah. So, you know, like I said, because I was able to start so young and learn from all of them, what I essentially did was take all of their styles and take all, you know, whether it's photography style or just personalities and kind of blend it into something that I felt like worked with the majority of them. That's kind of the tone that I took. And I still feel like I have that same rapport with them, but I will treat people differently based on who they are and right. knowing what they can take and knowing what's going to make them succeed. Yeah. So. Have, have you gotten good at building a team when you're saying, okay, we're taking a team to Beijing or the Super Bowl or whatever. Have you kind of figured out? You yeah. Know, I, I, you're not playing favorites and it's kind of like who's hot, but you're also building a team who can work together, who can cover certain events. For sure. And, and it's such a big part of it. You know, what we look for is, is that team, you know, it, yes, it says the photographer's name on that photo, but at the end of the day, it says Getty images after that. Right. And you know, when they are part of a team, a Super Bowl team, you know, when we have, you know, 11 different photographers, they work in unison. You know, if, if one person makes four great photos, one person makes five great photos, whatever, you know, at the end of the day, we want that set to be complete for our customer. So we try to make sure we put the right people who work together and can understand what it is to be a part of a team. You know, there's plenty of events you shoot by yourself. You know? Right. You know, let's, so. let's, let's take a deep dive, right? It's very fresh for us. So like the Super Bowl. Yep. When did that process start for you and then building the team? How did that go? It starts to me the day one of the NFL season. You know, um, you know, we have an idea of who shoots the NFL pretty well. You okay. know, however, our our entire staff is tasked with shooting shooting the Super or shooting you know the regular season. So we're seeing you know their performance throughout the year. We use the Super Bowl as I don't want to say reward, you know, but it is. It's kind of a reward of sorts to the those who had a good year. Right, yeah. And, and you put them together and say, here's the Super Bowl. We have, you know, these are the two best teams, and here's our team that we're going to put together. Mm -hmm. You know, some of it obviously comes down to local, you know, if, if a game's in L.A., you know, you're trying to utilize your staff there. If the yeah, you're not going to pull everybody from the south right, over. Right. right. If the game's in, you know, whatever, San Francisco, you can use that. Whatever it might be. You, you know, some of it is based on that. However, we, we've been lucky enough where we don't have to constrain ourselves just based on that. We can reward the people who really deserve to be there. And I think we've done that. The Olympics are the same. You know, uh, to me, the Olympics is a reflection on the, the people who 
you know, not only have showed that they want to go to the Olympics, not everyone does, and that's fine, you know, and right. I, I, we obviously... That's a Olymp huge commitment. It is. It's a month away, especially the last two Olympics have been extremely difficult to leave your family, you know, during a pandemic. Not everybody could do that, and, and we understood that, and we were fine with it, but... Was, yeah. that, was that a process for you to, like, reach out to people and be like, when are you comfortable for a month? For sure. And, Quarantining, and going through the process, foreign country. And we start that process, you know, a year out. So, you know, we try to announce our Olympic team a year out from the Games. A lot changed, as, as everyone knows. Well, Tokyo had a pause, too. Totally. So who, was, who wanted to go in 20? Now they're going in 21. Right. Things so can change. So we had to re-ask that question to people. And, and we left it up to them. And we, you know, we made sure that, you know, if they're going to make a decision that's best for them and their family, that we wouldn't hold that against them. And right. we haven't. And, yeah. and it's fine. And, and Wives can get pregnant. Kids can be graduating. Totally. There's all kinds right. of stuff. Parents can get sick. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it might be. And, you know. Sports don't stop. You know, during the Olympics, sports don't stop. So we knew they'd still be working. You know, the, the only thing I always tell them is, I don't care what you're doing as long as you're working. You know, you're working events that we need covered. You know, because baseball kept going, you know, whatever right. it might be during the Olympics. And obviously during the Winter Olympics, there was still the NFL. The Super Bowl happened in the middle of the Olympics for the first time. So, you know, we knew we needed people in both places at the same time. So for the Super Bowl, how many guys did you have shooting? This Super Bowl, we had about seven. Okay. Who edited? How many editors? Uh, good question. So editing has changed, which in a, in a very good way. So typically, we would send a very large team to the Super Bowl. Um, in the last two years, two to three years, we've developed software that allows us to edit remotely. Okay. Um, I was on site. Uh, we had two or three. We had three editors on site, which was the least we've ever had for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Other than other than the year before, which was a pandemic Super Bowl, we're not going to count that one. Yeah. Because so I, I remember the trailers out in the parking lot totally. where it was. And they so were packed. Yeah. You know, and there was a you know million people there. The field was packed. You know, things have changed a little bit. Now with remote editing, we have a program called Focus, which allows us to sit in the comforts of your home, which everyone's used to working out. Right. You know now. And, and edit remotely. So we had actually a team who was at the, the Olympics in Beijing. They were able to hop on the server and, and pitch in. We had, we overstaffed it in a very good way, knowing that let's try to get as much content out to our customers as we can during the game and, and not worrying about a massive second edit. And to us, it was a huge success. Right. So we threw about what was it? I don't know, 15 to 16 different editors on it, which okay. was fantastic to, to be able to, to actually have a, an assembly line of sorts. So people picking pictures, people captioning pictures, people toning pictures, all of it. You know, each person had a role to play. We had a, our entertainment. See, I think people forget that. There's those, there's different things that goes into yeah. those photos. For sure. They just aren't perfect right out the gate. Yep. And we knew with this Super Bowl based in Los Angeles, we knew that there'd be such a major entertainment component of it. Oh. So what we did for the first time as well is we brought our entertainment team in. So they were able to remote edit as well. And we had the best entertainment editors in the world editing all the entertainment content. And it took all of that, you know, off the sports team as well, which is great. They handled the halftime show. They handled all the celebrities in the stands. You know, our, our, I guess our total, you know, collective of photos was probably as strong as it ever was because we were able to utilize different teams and different workflows. Right. So that was great. So when you take your your team shooting the actual game, do you guys 
get together a week before and go, okay, these are what roles are. This is where you're at, your overhead, your corner, your this, your that. Who's yeah, winner, I mean, who's that, loser? that part to me is the easy part. It, right. it, it's the logistics of everyone getting there and making sure we have the technology in place. You know, my part of, of our world is trying to see how can we get pictures to our customers as quickly as possible. That planning goes months ahead of time. You know, we have a, a major events team who we work very closely with, you know, Rich and Carl and, and Mike and Joel and those, you know, that group of people that, you know, they do a lot of that planning for us. You know, they're talking to the stadium, they're talking to the different people who are supplying internet or whatever, fiber or whatever it might be. Those conversations happen months ahead of time. Wow. To me, the easy part is saying, okay, you photographer are shooting in this spot. And, right. And, and they understand that. Sure. Um, a corner needs to be shot. Totally. And, yeah. and they know what they, they're tasked to do. They know what their focus is at the end of the game or pregame or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So that part, you know, that that's the easier part. It, it's the logistics of trying to make sure we have the right infrastructure on site and technology on site to, to get that job done. Right. Looking at it from a leadership role, yep. how do you think the Super Bowl went, if you had to grade it? This year was good. I, you know, I, I speed was as fast as a Super Bowl uh, in terms of getting content out to our customers was probably the fastest, most flawless Super Bowl I've ever done, um, which is saying a lot because I think I've, like I said, 17, 18 different Super Bowls, right. which, is, which is hard to believe. Um, Photo-wise, I think a lot of it was was good because there was such an entertainment component to it. You know, everywhere you looked, there was a, you know, somebody's I, I in the stands. Yeah. Justin Bieber, or, you know, politicians. It was people everywhere. It was everywhere you looked. I mean, you could have shot into every single suite and found somebody <laughs> famous. So that, that took some of it, you know, it, it took the sports part of it and, and moved in a different direction, but we knew that going into it, being in LA, being right. in a new fancy stadium, it was going to have that. Um, you know, I think there's things we can always do better. You know, there's some COVID restrictions that are still in place, at least at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. that still prevented us from doing exactly what we would have liked to have done. You know, we didn't do remotes in the catwalk like we typically would because of some restrictions. You know, certain things that we've done in the past that I think had a a broader, you know, understanding of of of, of the game itself that that were restricted, you know, we couldn't shoot in the tunnels, you know, things like that. We couldn't get in the locker room, which we used to do. Right. You know, hopefully those things are now, I know baseball is now letting writers back in the locker room. Uh, hopefully these things are starting to come back. Yeah. It chips away and things they, loosen they, up. Exactly. Are yeah. you hard on yourself when you're grading and you're thinking, okay, what could I have done better for the team or what can the team done better? Cause there's that leadership role that you've grown into over 19 years. So how do you grade yourself? When you're looking at it. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I try to debrief after every event, you know, whether it's, you know, what we could have done better, you know, technology wise or getting the photographers there earlier, you know, parking. There's some things that are out of our control. You know, right. it, it's the mother nature place. Uh, for sure. And, and the stuff. Super Bowl moves locations. You know, the events that are easier, the events that are in the same place every single year. You, you know, the people or the infrastructure, you know, what's going to be. It's the events that move around or the one time event. You know, I always go back to like. Mayweather McGregor, you know, like, <laughs> like that event was such a chaotic, you know, shit show. Like it was yeah. so bad, you know, but to complain on whose about part? it, like on everyone's part, it was, was just a mess. Was I that mean, MGM grand? It was, or, at, it was at MGM. Yeah. So did they, they logistically, did they make it difficult for you? Everyone made it difficult. It okay. was one of those events that different promoters, different people, you know, so many different people involved, 
for one night for one time. You Was it just too much? It's too much. You know it's never going to happen again. So if I go to the PR person at the stadium afterwards, you know, who I have relationships with and complain about it, they're going, well, sorry, you know, that was the one time it's ever going to happen. You never have to worry about it. Right, and there's six promoters you need to talk to, too, because they screwed up for us. Right, it was, you know, so many different people were involved and had their hands. Those events are hard, and I grade myself different on that stuff because there's so many things that are going to happen one time and never going to happen again. You can learn things from them. At the end of the day, it's not going to happen again. It's the events like the Super Bowl. You know the Super Bowl is going to happen every year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can learn things from that. But you also know the Super Bowl is going to change venues and weather and, and different things like that. You know, hotels, you know, whatever it might be, things right. you can improve on. So, yeah, we take, you know, to me, as long as pictures are getting out quickly and the photographers are, are in the position to make those pictures, uh, it's a success. You know, I felt really good about the Super Bowl because of how many different people we were able to utilize, you know, at getting images, whether it was our entertainment team, our technology team, our back end team, whatever it might be. And they all performed at, you know, the level that I would hope they would. So, right. What, what was your first Super Bowl? 2003 or four? Yeah, somewhere in back Houston. Then. Yeah. I remember the one in Houston, it was like the second Super Bowl after. September 11th. Yep. It's at Houston. And Jeff Gross and I standing outside in an absolute Texas piss storm. Just huge quarter-sized drops of rain. And they had no cover for us. And we're waiting to go in for security. And we're just getting soaked. And we're just thinking, like, this is a brilliant idea. Who thought of this? Well, it was one of those things. Like, Like, you know, Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Like, I've never been so cold in my life. You know, but then again, (laughs) you can complain about it afterwards, but you know it's not going back to Minneapolis anytime soon. Right, yeah. It could have been worse. Could have been Green Bay outside. Could have been outside. (laughs) Correct. Just getting from where they, you know, where are we set up to, you know, it was brutally cold. But yes, you know, it's one of those things. You, You can, you know, there's always things you learn from each event, but typically it doesn't happen again. So. Over your 19 years, what's been your kind of favorite event? Oh. Something you kind of look forward to. Or you're, maybe you haven't gotten to yet. Good question. Um, I love, I mean, I, the, I guess the, the stock answer is the Olympics because it is the Olympics. And to me, in sports, that's the pinnacle event. However, I love the Final Four. Um, I'm very lucky I'm going next week uh, to, the, to the men's Final Four in New Orleans. It's an event that I feel like we get a very good um, – we just understand we, we, the, the team we have covering it, the, the technology team we have working with the NCAA photo team as well. We just get it done and, and we do it at a very high level. Um, I love the, the college fans all coming into one city. I love cities yes. like new Orleans where you're walking around and everybody's into it. You know, everybody's there for that reason. It feels like a big event. You know, I miss that. You know, the last couple of Olympics, unfortunately, oh, you know, there haven't yeah. been fans. And it just doesn't feel like an Olympics. No, it just sucks the life right. right out of it. You want an Olympics where the whole city's transformed and feels big and you're, you know, packed stadiums. I'm really looking forward to the Final Four this year where it's going to be, you know, back in the Superdome. Life. And, and life. And fans and cheerleaders and the bands are playing. I mean, can you imagine that game without fans no. or bands? I mean, just we guys with it. squeaky shoes just playing in a big empty arena for sure i mean i went to the bubble last year in indianapolis and you know there were very limited fans it was weird you know it felt like it was a made for tv event for us so i am so happy that this this final four is going to be normal so i saw a a photographer a japanese photographer was photographing tokyo outside Mm -hmm. and it was just so weird to see like 
This is an Olympics, and it doesn't look like anybody's going to go. No. I mean, we went No to- ticket lines, nobody waiting, nothing. It was just buildings with yeah. wraps. Yeah, so the first two weeks in Tokyo, we were, we were on, you know, lockdown per se. We were allowed to go from our hotel to venues or to our office. That was it. After two weeks, we were free. We were considered <laughs> local, and we were able to go to restaurants. I mean, some of the best restaurants in Tokyo, we were able to walk in with no wait. Like, it was... I won't take that for granted because that will never happen again. But to to miss out on the fans and for a city like Tokyo, as amazing as it is, to just not have the feeling. Oh. Yeah, an Olympics, it it could have been anywhere in the world, and that, and it's a shame because, you know, I do hope Tokyo gets another shot at it. You know, one day where they can do it right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like they need to get a redo and like they get thirty two or totally. whatever it is yeah. because. I remember being a kid in L.A. in 84 yep. when it's happening, and it was the biggest thing ever. Yeah. We're 13. It's the greatest. And my dad's trying to get us tickets to, like, handball and boxing and all the fringe stuff that kind For of sure. happened. I can't imagine being a little 13-year-old kid in Tokyo yeah. and the Olympics comes, and you're not allowed to go anywhere no, near I mean, it. I'm so excited. My kids are now 10 and 7. I cannot wait till the, to the 28 Yeah, 28. Oh, they'll be the perfect age perfect age they're you know they love sports already they i mean my son will watch any sporting event you know tag or corner whatever right on yeah he just doesn't care he just loves sports and competitiveness and i cannot wait you know till he's get to you know experience the olympics in his hometown so. right and you can see all just like you know whether it's surfing or look all the events it's totally. just going to be unbelievable because right. it's in his house yeah i know right yeah going to the stadiums that you know he was going to whether it's Poly or SoFi or you know right crypto, whatever lays crypto. out crypto. yeah whatever, whatever it's it gonna be exactly. by then <laughs> right if it's still crypto yeah. by then whatever it is <laughs> if it's like any arena there's a 50 50 chance it might not be that name exactly. by the time exactly I know yeah I still can't get used to not calling it Staples but that's a a, a story for a different day <laughs> a different day yeah what sporting event do you want to go to that you haven't had a chance to cover that's a good question um I have been very fortunate to go to almost everything um. I have gotten into F1 a little bit. I, I think okay. going to a big F1 race would be fun. I've done a lot of NASCAR races. You Are know. you kind of blocked off North America, South America, or have you been able to get to, or, or have you gotten to South America much? I, I do. So I manage our South American operation as well, okay. which, which is. Because I saw America's, cool. but I, you yep. know, sometimes they put yep. that in and they don't, yep. they forget after Panama, there's still countries. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I've been, you know, I've gone down to, you know, we have an office in, in Buenos Aires. We have an office in Sao Paulo that I've been able to go to. We had an office in Rio. We have. Uh, st- uh, fantastic staff photographer in Rio. Um, so yes, I, I've been down. I've been to some pretty amazing soccer football matches oh. in, in South America, which has been fun and eye-opening to to see how they do it down there. Whole um, different level. Whole different level. We cannot understand. You know? No, and I've done some of those as a fan, and, and just you know, not having that credential. You know, it, right. it's weird. You, you feel <laughs> you feel different, but it's been very it's been very cool to see. Um, I, I, I think F1 would be cool. You know, I, you know, getting a chance to, to go to that, I would be, it would be a fun one. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than, you know, I've done world cups, I, I've many, you know, was it eight or nine Olympics or something at this point? Right. So you've seen a lot. Yeah. But not to say that I, I, I like, <laughs> like I've told you, I love sports, you know, right. when I'm, You'll go. when I'm not working, I I'm watching sports, you know, I, <laughs> Not because I have to, it's because I enjoy it. You know, I, I really do. What still gets you fired up? Um, my I mean, 20 years, 19 years at Getty. You're talking about... Just like in, at, in, at, at work, work. Just at work. work. 
Um, right, because you still want that pilot light lit. Yeah, I, I still feel competitive. You know, I still feel like you know because I started at Getty not only when I was young but the company was young. Right. Like, we still had to fight and scrap to get to where we're at. I still feel that. You know, I I know the chip, little chip on the shoulder. Yeah, still, I still want to perform. You know, not you know myself and and the team around me. I want them to perform at a high level. And you know, to me, that's what gets me fired up. Going to an event and knowing that we kicked ass and right. we did a good job and. You know, we produced some really unique, you know, in different content and got it to our customers in a, in a way that, you know, they're going to appreciate. And then hearing that, that they were happy, you know, that's, to me, that's, that's, that's what I like to hear. I also like to, you know, because I started my career at the bottom and, you know, tried to earn the respect of our photographers. I want to make sure that they leave an event, you know, and the editors too, that they're happy that they enjoyed it, you know, that we couldn't have done anything better, that they were taken care of, that they felt like, you know, as a team, you know, that it was a good event and a success. And I enjoy that. I'm looking, like I said, I'm going to the final four. I can't wait to, to, <laughs> to accomplish that. I'm going, I'm going to, it, it's going to be a rough two weeks. I feel, you know, my, my wife is very, you know, I'm lucky to have her. We started dating really early in my career. So she's known me traveling 152 days a year. So now that, you know, my travel has been definitely cut back over the last, you know, five, six years since I've, you know, moved into this role, you know, we've gotten used to me being home a lot more. <laughs> and now I've been home so much that I'm going to, you know, the final four in New Orleans and then straight to Augusta, the, you know, the day after. Oh, wow. For the Masters. So it's going to be a, a rough two weeks, but I think I can handle it. So. All right. Now, we've mentioned Final Four a lot. How, how's, how's your bracket going? You still happy with your, your Arizona yeah, boys? I, mean, I got a little nervous, I have to say, uh, <laughs> on Sunday night. But, you know, bear down. I, I think, you know, talent-wise, I think it's there. You know, if they can play at a high level, we'll see. But. I think if, if, if the Final Four is in your town, people should try to get a ticket and go. Totally. It's an unbelievable event. It is. It is. It, it is a great event. You know, watching basketball in a football stadium might sound weird, but it really is. It's cool to see a basketball game with 80,000 people. Right. It I remember really when is. it changed. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. When it was in like in San Antonio and they had the curtain. They used to do that curtain yeah. half, half the court with the curtain. <laughs> yes. Yep. So yep. weird. It, it was very weird. You know, now it, it's incredible. Detroit had it where it was elevated. That's right. Yeah, so you're walking, you're like head yep. level, and you're looking at everybody's sneakers. And yeah, yep. it's, right. it, it, it's it's a strange one, but yeah, when you walk in that stadium for the first time, and you walk in this massive football stadium, and you see this little basketball court sitting there, <laughs> it, it's fascinating. It's amazing that they pull it off, and you know, it works. It does work. Yeah, I think it takes the players a little bit to get used to. Yeah, it's a big space all of a it sudden, is. especially if you're a team where you played in a a good size arena, for Kentucky sure. or in North right. Carolina. Yep. Still at 20,000. Right. Now you're getting in a place. You look at the line of sight, and you're like, that basket yeah. behind it goes on forever. It does. Yep, it is. It and is it's three, four void. stories high. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So your career path as you're going through, let's say you get in now into your 30s, are you still thinking Getty's going to be home? I like the role I'm thinking. Are you looking elsewhere? Is there a career path for you that you even got in your head? Yeah, I mean, I, I got very fortunate. I, I learned from a lot of very talented people that I saw a career path that they took within the company okay. and, and saw, you know, if I do X, Y, and Z, maybe that could be me one day. So I kind of realized pretty quickly that, you know, I enjoyed managing people. Um, Did it come natural? 
Or did you have to work at it? A little? I, I work. I think I still work at it to this day. I don't think anyone's a you know a perfect born leader. I think you have to always work at it. Um, you know, I started managing people back in college when I was the editor of the school paper. I mean, it was you know you were telling your peers good, <laughs> bad editing. You know, and I feel like as an editor, it it it's a management position per se because you are still the the last. You know, the one saying was it good or bad. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I did see my career, you know, at Getty, I still, you know, see a lot of growth in, in the company. Um, I think for an editor like myself, if you want it, there's an opportunity. Um, the company has been very, very good about, you know, promoting people within, um, we understand the business. I think we understand what Getty does. You know, we do things unique than a lot of different photo agencies do, whether it's working with the sports leagues or. You know, or maybe it's that, you know, chip on our shoulder that we started small and got to where we're at. And we still have that mentality that we need to, to scrap for whatever still, we get. Yeah. yeah. And I still feel that to this day. So I did see a career path pretty early on. I knew if I worked hard and, and did the right things, you know, they would hopefully come. Um, now, when you say those right things, what do you think that was? Putting in a lot of time, extra work, saying yes. Yeah, I, I think leading by example for sure. Um, you know, my work ethic, I think, has always been something I prided myself on. You know, I've always been the one to say, yes, I'll do that. I'll travel. I'll stay up late. I'll wake up early, whatever it is, to get the job done. Um, is and that then, something mom and dad instilled? Or my, is that something yeah, you have? Yeah, my, my parents, my, my dad's always been that way. He worked at the same job for... 50 something years pretty much. Wow. And yeah. And he worked, I mean, I live in a city, Westlake village up in, you know, the Northern part of Los Angeles and, and he would drive into Santa Fe Springs every day and just the, the work ethic he did, but he never missed one of our sporting. Where do you work at that, that oil factory? That Not refinery? too far from there. Yeah. yeah. He, he was <laughs> in steel pipe. So yeah, yeah it was, okay. it was part of that. So he would do that every single day. But then, you know, I, I think a lot of what I've learned as a father and a husband, I learned from him as well. You know, he never missed our sporting events. He was at every single one of my basketball games or my brother's basketball games, whatever it might be. And nothing gets me happier than, than watching my own kids play sports now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think this role came at a good time in my life when, you know, my kids are, my daughter's in the club soccer, um, pretty successful, you know, club soccer team, which has been really fun to, to see the progression there. And my son's into to basketball and swimming, whatever else he does. How many so. Getty staffers show up for your daughter's soccer game? Oh, man, game? Not, a, not enough. <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, I, I think we need to. You're trying to, to get Sean as yeah, he's going up to totally. Angel Stadium, maybe yeah. swing by right. and catch a game. <laughs> In Irvine, exactly. I, I think we need like Super Bowl practice or World Cup practice, and, and use their their game as as the testing grounds. So, which would be fun, right? All of a sudden, there's 12 photographers, remote set up everywhere. I know, <laughs> but sometimes it's funny because you know I, I do have cameras and lenses, and obviously, and you know every now and then I'll, I'll shoot one of her games, and it's just, you know it reminds me of you know this is this is what it's about is is getting a chance to see your kids compete, and you know seeing the expressions, you know when you're looking in the camera right. and seeing the expressions on their faces, you know, when they're going for a ball, it's, it's fun. Yeah. That's we're we are so blessed to be in an industry and to be able to capture those kind of moments, yeah. especially with our family and our kids and our friends. Like yep. 
it's a really, really great thing to well, be a yeah. part of. You know, every parent's going to want you on that team, right? Right. You're on that yeah. team, so you can go show up and shoot the games and give the other parents pictures of their kids. Yeah. So. Oh, her dad's, yeah. her dad's with Getty. We got to make sure it, she's, exactly, she's right? playing. Put we, her in. Yeah, I know. The, this, we at the soccer club, they're like, oh, you're going to take pictures for the club, right? It's like, mm, I don't know. I, I enjoy watching the <laughs> yeah, game sometimes. It's kind of nice too. being a dad. Totally. And, and sitting there and watching. So, yeah, know. getting sunburnt at a yes. game in the middle of the Every afternoon. now and then I'll pick a game or two. You know, when I uh, when I know it won't be as stressful for, nice for anybody. Nice light, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Exactly. No high yeah. noon games, sweetheart. No, definitely we, not. Daddy likes the games right. at four. They'll be like, can you shoot this game? Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. Why? Yeah, just let, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you know later. I'm not shooting this. <laughs> I, I'm but, not yeah. going to explain technically exactly. what the problems. Yes, those nice afternoon games in Southern California are always good. So. What advice do you give then to young students making their way through college to look at their long-term career path? It's a, it's, it's a good question. And a lot of what I have spent the last few years of my career doing is trying to develop not only photographers, but editors and just, and letting people know there's more out there, you know, every single day I realize you know, we have 1800 employees at Getty. Only. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that they used to be in a small little building in Santa Monica. Now yeah. they're spread all over the world. Yeah. But. I mean, it's global reach. Like if you're interested in photography or, or, you know, any sort of visuals, you know, whether it's video or archive, whatever it might be, you know, there's roles at this company that you would have no idea existed. You know, like I said, when I was in college, I didn't know this role that I have today existed. Who yeah. was even in this role? Do you know? Um, in 2003? So Brandon Lopez, I don't know if you know Brandon, yeah. was, was in this role kind of when I started. So, you know, and, okay. and he's now still with us. And now Brandon transitioned into one of our best salespeople. That manages a lot of our, our really important commercial relationships. So, you know, once again, I didn't know a role like that existed. And, and there's so many different roles in this industry. Like, yes, I understand you want to be a photographer, but we have a lot of photographers. Some of our best people in our, our management team, you know, were photographers and, and realized there's more they want to do. Or, you know, they reached the pinnacle that they felt like of their photography career and transitioned. Or, you know, they got in, you know, because they were, you know, a, a decent freelance photographer and said, hey, if you ever need an editor, I'd love to edit for you guys. And they go, wow, I really enjoy this. I enjoy going to these events or being a part of this bigger team that I know I might not be good enough as a photographer, but I'm a good editor and I can do this. And then they've moved up the ladder. So, yeah, that's a... Um it's a mature decision for someone to make to say, I can pick visuals. I can't take them as well as the next level, right? Like I, my, I have a ceiling, totally. but to realize like I can, I can edit still. Yep. I, I know what makes a good photo. I just have a difficult time always maybe capturing them. So, yeah. So we have two remote edit interns. So the first time we've ever, we've always had photo interns, you know, and, and they would learn from our, you know, stellar group of staff photographers. This is the first time we've ever focused on the editing side. And to me, I, I feel like every photo internship going forward, you need to start as an editor. Really? They are getting an opportunity to work with every single one of our photographers on staff. They're getting feedback. They're getting to learn each photographer's style. They're picking up things. One of the two remote edit interns wants to be a photographer. And the other one wants to remain an editor, which is great. And, you know, I, I think the one who wants to be a photographer, maybe she, she decides to change and, and, and she's become a fantastic editor. And then now she's shooting a little bit more for us, and she's become a really good photographer. Really? But I, there's no way I don't think she would have gotten to this point without understanding what goes into making a photo and learning from, from the best. There's a lot to be said about seeing those visuals and for how sure. they come across and being like, oh, I had, I, 
I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah. And, and understanding what goes into each event and when to show up and how to perform and how to look, you know, and what to bring. And, you know, because she's editing and seeing kind of the behind the scenes, she's also learning a lot of things our photographers don't even know, you know, back end things on, on how systems work and setting mm -hmm. servers up and, and different things like that, that we don't task our photographers with. But now she's going to know all that stuff. So right. To me, it's been a huge success having these this internship for the first time. And it's something I hope we continue to do. Yeah, that's huge. How do you, because you're running it, how do you stay ahead of or understand trends or push the envelope on stuff? Are you, is that something you're constantly working on? Like, oh, this is next, the AI or this mirrorless camera. I mean, like, where, where does that kind of come into your, I guess, month, hours in your month? Yeah, no, I mean, we're very lucky. We have a very, um, like I said, we have a, a a large team at Getty, you know, and, and a lot of smart people, you know, whether it's in, in sales or biz dev or technology that are always looking, you know, we meet as a management team a lot and discuss how we can do this better or differently, or what are you seeing or what are you hearing about? You know, we have photographers who, you know, are, are good at a lot of different things and some are better at, at technology and we kind of task them with exploring different things. You know, we're trying robotic cameras for the first time mm -hmm. at the final four um, we got permission from, you know, the NCA to put two robotic cameras on their video board straight above the court, which, you know, when we brought it to them a couple months ago for the first time, they're like, hell no, we're not, what are you guys right. talking about? Like, we're not doing this. We barely let CBS do it. We're so, not, yeah. Totally. And, and now we, we had a presentation, we showed them in person, we're working with Canon to do that. And they're like, oh my God, we're sold. This is amazing. So, you know, it, it's finding different things. And then once you actually figure out well, what you want to do, actually convincing the people who have to, you know, to <laughs> say yes, that it, that it's, that it's going to be okay and safe. So, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, for you, are you sitting and you'll call Sean or Al or else or anybody and just say, Hey, do you want to give a mirrorless camera a shot? Yes. Do you want to try this lens? Yeah, we're lucky. You know, I, I don't think 27 years ago when the company started, they were calling Getty and saying, hey, you know, this is Canon. Do you guys want to try out this camera before it's released to the public? Mm -hmm. Now, because of our relationships with them, you know, they do. So we are testing. You know, we're testing stuff. We're, you know, we're making sure we're, we're getting our hands on cameras and giving them feedback before it's released and making sure that it's going to work for us. And they've been incredible partners in that, letting us give them the feedback that's going to work for us. And, you know, it might not work for everybody, but we need stuff that's going to work for us. And we're not going to be happy with the camera. Right. And, you know, obviously going into to this past Olympics in Beijing, we were worried about, you know, the mirrorless cameras and the weather. And they held up incredibly well, um, the R3. So, you know, if we didn't have a chance to test that at a lot of the events leading up to the Olympics, we've been really skeptical yeah. about trying a brand new camera, right. you know, at the Olympics. But by the time we got to the Olympics, we knew we used it enough that it would hold up. So. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. People forget weather. Yeah. That that's a beast. Brutal. Dust, yeah. rain, snow, like all that yep. stuff comes into play. Temperatures. Yep. Absolutely. It's a battery. Yep. Yeah. So, so and it held up. You know, the batteries held up. Everything held up. So you know, it was a success. But like I said, I would not have been comfortable, and our photographers wouldn't have been comfortable using something new for the first time at Olympics. Right. <laughs> no. So no. You know, because we got a chance to to try some prototypes and some models leading up to it, we felt comfortable, you know, using them in Beijing. <laughs> So. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. What's the best photo you've seen maybe in the last year? Oh, wow. The last year. Yeah. Good question. So we just did our internal awards. I'll, uh -huh. I'll go based off that. It was a photo that one well, of Well, who picks that awards? 
So we is that do like the it. Academy where it's uh, uh, a little so bit. Yes. We used to, we, we've, we've changed it a million different times. We, we've tried, you know, it's internal. So yes, there's a lot of external Fan awards. voting on Twitter. What are you totally. kidding? Our, our staff, you know, as much as they want to win any big global award. Right. I think the internal one means a lot to them as well. Sure. Because it's their peers voting. So what we've done, we've set up a ballot system. Each person gets a, a vote. Um, all the votes are equal, you know, in, in terms of, I think that we had like 50 different people voting. And okay. total points wins. So, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of drama back in the day where it would be a select group or the editors or myself and, right. you know, some of the other senior managers would pick the pictures that would How win. How long have you guys been doing this? We've been doing this uh, voting yeah. in the internal yeah. oh, since day one. So uh, since you've been around, was that a surprise to you when that first came about oh, as a yeah. kid? Like, oh, man. Yes, it was heated. <laughs> we would have some people come in, like, prepping us, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't know if you know Daryl Ingham. You yes. know, Daryl back in the day would come into, you know, a conference room like this and say, you're picking these pictures because of it. And it's like, oh, my God, let me just pick the pictures I want, you know. Were you getting, like, $20 handshakes? They took it so <laughs> seriously. So, you know, to, to try to take some of the politics out of it, we gave everyone equal vote. You can't vote for yourself. That's the one rule. Okay. Which all is right. fair. A and, you know, all the votes are weighed equally. And whatever the results are, the results are, you know. Yeah. So it was a photo from this this year. It was a photo that uh, staff photographer Patrick Smith took in, you know, he's based in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. He took in Tokyo at fencing. Okay. It's two fencers kind of looks like they're floating through the sky. It, it's slow it's shutter speed kind of yeah, that float. It's, it's beautiful. It looks, it's really nice. It feels like it's the picture's moving, but it's, you know, obviously it's not. Right. That's one thing the winner or the Olympics in general gives you is that you can almost make it look like fine art and not yeah, a sport. Totally. Yeah, and then you can shoot the same thing, whether it's fencing or wrestling, and you can make it look like gladiators, and yeah. it's just straight up sport, like just bloodthirsting, violent. When you bring up, you know, you brought up a question earlier about, you know, when you're putting a team together, I look at things like that. I look at, you know, I want a photographer who can can make that fine art photo per se, and then a photographer who makes that that stock standard, you know, we need, we need all of it. We, right. we have customers that are looking for both. Mm -hmm. We have customers that we want to, you know, that are looking for the, the pretty pictures, the best of boards, things like that. And then right. we have customers that need the stock for whatever it might be. Right. So they just need it for, they just need it for the front page of sports. Totally. And, and to me that, you know, we have, you know, our group of photographers can juggle that, but I mean, we're picking, you know, that, that team for that event. I'm trying to make sure that we kind of have a combination of all a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. And it works. You know, I don't want all fine art photos and then somebody's going to be complaining about, yeah. you know, I just need a finish line photo right. and everybody's totally. panned. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything was shot an eighth right. of a second. Yeah. That Wheaties box isn't going to look very good when uh, it's a, uh, you know, a, a blur on the front. So <laughs> do when you, when you have, when you're, having a big event are you looking at like if it's someone's first olympic super bowl do you kind of walk them through a little bit because it is very overwhelming it is yeah um we had a lot of first timers and we always do you know we try to put some first timers on on olympics and super bowl knowing that you know we want to see how they can you know I don't say compete because they're not competing, but how they perform. You know, well, they are competing level. against the other guy. They are, they are. They're, they're competing. In, You're in looking that way. and saying, hey, for sure. And they are what's Simon Brody getting and what's Mark Terrell getting? For sure. And, and they are, you know, photographers, as you know, are very competitive. Oh, and, and, yeah. And it pisses them off when someone gets a picture that they didn't get. So, mm -hmm. 
you know, I like trying to put a, a new photographer on an event and seeing how they perform. But yeah, we try our best to at least answer questions ahead of time. There's always going to be things you're going to forget, <laughs> you know. I don't want to say I've been doing this for so long, but I've been doing this for so long now that there's things I take for granted, you know, that I know how to do, whether it's, you know, a passport, you know, renewing a passport, you know, pre-check, whatever it is, right. you know, simple things like that, that we're used to doing that they might have never had to experience. So, right. I mean, simple thing like a passport. I realized mine expired during the pandemic. Cause a I, lot of people said, cause I realized, yeah. well, I'm not going anywhere. And yeah. then it come up. So I'm like, Oh my God, I got yeah. like three weeks left. I know. And that doesn't cut it on a passport. No, I, I think for the Olympics, you have to have yours can't expire within six months or something. So you, it has to, you know, <laughs> these are the, the small things that, you know, that you, you forget about, <laughs> you know, taking pictures to me, once they're shooting, once they're behind the camera, they know what they're doing. Right. right. It's the stuff leading up to the event. I think that screws up a lot of photographers. How did you feel when you got the, the head roll, the role you're in now? Was that something special for you? It was. Um, you know, I, I... I cheered. I fist pumped. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> no, it, it is. It, it proves to me that, that hard work and I don't want to say dedication, but, you know, I've been loyal to the company and mm -hmm. they've been loyal back to me and I feel like... I, I've been very fortunate in the things that the company's allowed me to do and the freedom that I've had. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, I don't want to say, you know, it, to me it felt earned and it felt like I was, it was at the right time in my career. You know, I did a lot of the events I wanted to do. I, I felt like I was, you know, there was very few events in the U S that I wasn't at, you know, whether it right. was, and I was at the point in my career where I'm like, okay, I've done these events. Let somebody else start doing them. Let somebody else start to, to get to that level. Let me now, you know, sit in this director of photography role and lead this team the way that I felt like it should be. Right. So. I love the fact they gave it to you after you put in all those years here and you knew the inside and out. And they didn't go outside and bring somebody in who did not know how this place runs. Yeah, I, I think our photographers, you know, and, and editors and assignment editors and our tech team, you know, it, it, it says something when you could reward people who, you know, right. who understand how they work and understand the business. You know, we've had outside people come in and, you know, in, in different roles. And it's hard. It, it's sure. a very tight-knit group of people that perform at a very high level and expect the people around them to perform at that same high level. Right. Now, I don't know if your boss is going to hear this, but at any point, did you think prior to you know being the director, you were thinking maybe I'll look at uh, some other magazine or some other newspaper or some other you know job, whether and it's... You know, we're in Hollywood. It could be anywhere. Warner sure, Brothers yeah. or I mean, Disney or something. I'd be stupid to say no. You know, like, well, but of just, course. just like maybe like you're like, God, okay, I've done every U.S. Open. Do I really want to see another one? Right. Um, yes and no. Like, did I know there were things out there that, sure, if the opportunity presented, uh, absolutely. But I knew where I wanted to be. I knew this was what I worked my, you know, the second half of my editing career to get to. Right. That I wanted to at least get there. And then see what I can do with it. And to me, you know, I've been in this role a couple of years now. I still feel like I'm learning every day. I still feel like there's things that we can do better. I mean, we're still changing, restructuring, promoting, you know, moving different roles around to make sure that we have the right people in the right places. Well, I mean, you took over this role during a major, you know, and then several years later, a major pandemic. For I sure. Mean, that's a big throw right. in the it air. Was, it was a complete reset, you know, for all of us. <laughs> yeah. And, and some people performed really well afterwards, and some people, it, it took them some time to get back to that. And, you know, we were, you know, accommodating. But at some point, it's like, all right, sports are back now. Let, like, let's get back up to that level. 
Right. And we expect people to to get back to that level. March 2020, you're wearing the big crown, the big hat, and the poop's starting to hit the fan around here. How are you guys sitting around going, what are we going to do with sports, with no sports? Yeah, we were... um, you know, obviously, as sports fans, you know, it was like one day after another. This was canceled. That was canceled. That was canceled. Right. What are we going to do? Um, I mean, I was in a catwalk in an arena when they made an announcement like the Big yeah. West tournament has been canceled. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was canceling every trip we had, you know, whether it was, you know, I think Indian Wells tennis was that week. And that was one of yeah. the first events to get canceled. And then it started to spiral from there. You know, we, we did take a, a, a pretty quick... I, I guess break for a week or two. What we did was we knew we needed some sort of human interaction. We set up thanking us for Zoom. I don't want to, you know, right. Zoom is a friend and an enemy at this point. Four spend, letter words sometimes, totally, good I, and bad. I spend way too much time on Zoom, so this is great to be able to do this in person with you today. <laughs> um, but we we did say, look, we need to make sure we're looking out for each other. You know, it was scary at that time. You know, we didn't know when sports were going to come back or when anything was going to come back. Your kids were at home, whatever it might be. And so we got on Zoom calls once a week and we just chatted and we talked about how the kids are doing. We talked about what we can do in our local areas. Is there any picture store you can do there? And then from there, we we realized, I realized, you know, pretty quickly that, we have these connections, whether it's with the NBA or NHL or whoever it might be. Let's start talking to them and seeing how can we help them? Are there athletes, you know, who would be open for us to go to their houses? I mean, we shot athletes from sitting inside a car, you know, in their garage, <laughs> whatever it might be. And we started to, to depict their daily lives, you know, the athletes' lives. And then agents got the ideas of, oh, we haven't had fresh content of our athlete. They're never home. Now right. they're home forever. Let's do some you know, some photo shoots and we, and we started to do some different things with some track athletes and some Olympians who we have a lot of good connections with and the content kept rolling in and rolling in. Yeah. And Cause that's, in. that's only four or five months from the Olympics. So that was still up in the air. Exactly. The Olympics did not get canceled right away. So we still had to think like what happens if there's no trials, we, we need some content, some fresh content of these athletes. And then it just kind of caught on globally. I mean, we started doing picture stories everywhere, you know, and every one of our Getty images offices, we would, you know, send our sports photographers out, you know, (laughs) and some of them, and some of them became very good news photographers, which was a huge adjustment for them. Um, as you know, sports photographers show up at sporting events, they're wearing a credential around their neck. News photographers don't always do that. No. So it was very strange for them to go find a story that wasn't a game and it took a lot of adjusting. Some were really good at it and some weren't. So see, and that's, again, it goes back to you building your team. Someone where Sean Haffey, he came from a newspaper, a newspaper. background right. for him. Boom. He flips a yep. switch. He's back into wearing his totally. you know, journalism hat. Yep. And, and he had a drone at the time and he was out flying the drone and doing different things and cruise ships stuck off the coast of San Diego. Right. He was, you know, doing different things. And it was easy for him. You know, I, I credit, you know, Al Bello, for example, who was, you know, a, a tried and true sports photographer. I mean, right. he shot sports his whole career. 25 years prior to this he thing He had happening. to transition. He had to pivot, the, right? And, and he ended up winning. He, he ended up getting a, a double spread in National Geographic and, you know, winning some amazing news awards for some news stories he ended up doing. And he learned. I mean, he, you know, it in, reinvigorated him as a photographer at, you know, that point in his career to, to learn different skills and, 
And now he uses those skills when he's shooting sports. And it's really fun to see. He's doing picture stories all the time now and using video. Things he see, never I, learned because he was just showing up to sporting events. Right. Like, I see your face. You're glowing like, like a, yeah. a proud director of photography. It, it that, like, you it, got to see him grow still. Yeah, to, to think that somebody, you know, at that point in his career could grow. And, you know, Al wasn't the only one. A lot of, right, a a lot lot of, of our, our staff did that. And it was cool to see. And it got recognized. You know, our CEO is extremely, you know, like you know, pointing it out in each call, like, look what they're doing. You know, they're, they're pivoting and doing different things to contribute. You know, we were, you know, at the time we're still getting paid, you know? Right. So, you know, that was the, the beauty of being on staff, you know, and everyone knew how fortunate they were to be on staff. You know, those poor, you know, I always, you know, uh, tried to do what we could for the freelancers. And when sports came back, it was fantastic, but you know, they were not getting paid at the time. No. So our staff realized how lucky they were to still get a paycheck you know, they weren't shooting benefits, the whole thing, like, and the company took care of all of us. So it was, it was, you know, as scary as it was at the time without sports, you know, it it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. That's great to see someone like Al, you know, still have that fire to go like, okay, I'll do this. It was was a lot of fun to to see what he produced. And now he's still, he did a a arm wrestling story the other day. It's fantastic. (laughs) You know, just different things, skills that he never learned, you know, because he never needed them. Right. So I think, I think we kind of pigeonhole photographers where, and we don't give them enough credit where we'll say, well, oh, Al shoots a lot of sports, so Al's a sports photographer. I think Al's got enough layers in him that he can, you can make him go out and not make him, you could send him out totally. and do landscapes, and he'll come back with some unbelievable, you know, day in a life in Montana landscapes or something. Like, I think. We, I love doing that. I love, you know, we, we are lucky to have a, a, an incredible news team and entertainment team as well. And, and putting them in, you know, throwing one of them at a sporting event, right. whether it's, you know, Arturo Holmes, who's one of our entertainment photographers in New York, or Mario Tama, who's shot Olympics for us, mm-hmm. and just seeing what they could do differently. Or right. McNamee, who's our chief news photographer. Just seeing, you know, their eye shooting something different, it's always fun to see. Yeah, absolutely, because you don't know how they're going to look at it. And then totally. you're going, I almost... I'd say nine out of ten, you're going to be blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah giving yeah. them that chance. Right, they're going to see something different than than the you know uh, your everyday sports photographer is going to see, right. which is cool. With the world coming back to being normal, right? So you're uh, working with Eddie Adams Workshop. That's going to be back again to like a normal world with yep. students coming and learning. Very excited about. You're that. excited about that. Very. How long have you been doing that with? with so Eddie? Eddie Adams, I just it's last year was the first year, so, and it was all virtual. <laughs> <A> Zoom. It was <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> so you know, it, as how great did you as get that was, short end of the stick where they don't invite you when it's real? Man. I know. I, I'm I'm very excited to do this in person. You know, I, I've. I've always, you know, admired the work that they've done. You know, we've had a lot of our, our staff and photographers Has being a part there. of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, either, you know, a student or, you know, faculty. Um, and now, you know, hopefully, you know, the world's in a good place in October when it happens. But right. I'm excited to, to do it in person. I love finding new talent, you know, whether it's, you know, through a workshop or just people reaching out to me via Instagram or, you know, sending me an email. Right. What other, like, okay, so with your internships here at Getty, what's the cycle? So six months, a year? So typically it was two photography internships. We did okay. one in New York uh, that started with the U.S. Open Tennis that lasted about four months, and then we did one in L.A. Okay. Um, 
you know, but since the pandemic and credential numbers being what they are, you know, to me, uh, what a real internship is, it's mentorship and guidance. If right. you can't be, you know, you can't get multiple credentials to a, a baseball game, which, you know, was hard the last couple of years or a football game, whatever it was, you know, it was hard to do an internship. So we put those on pause. Okay. Um, what we've done is, is this remote edit internship, which has been a huge success because we've been able to do it with two people who can work at home and, you know, and get the the guidance and mentorship that that they needed because they're working with so many different people every day how long is that internship so that was six months that okay. actually ends sadly it ends in two weeks is so there a re-up right is that I, I think it's pretty universally admired you know a pretty years, uh, universally agreed upon amongst our team that we want to do it again i think the success of what we've done with with the two interns we've had now you know, uh, the sky's the limit, you know, the, what they've grown into in their six months, you know, they're going to be contributing to us for a long time, you know, whether it's, you know, as editors or photographers or whatever path that they end up going on. Right. If people wanted to find that internship, where could they go if it, when it, if it does open up again? Yeah, they could reach out to me, you know, okay. and, and see when we're going to do it. We'll probably put a little bit of a pause over the summer when, when I don't say sports are slowing down, but a lot of the events go international, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's world championships or, you know, things like that. And then we'll probably bring something back in early, late summer, early fall. What's the best way to reach out to you? Um, email preferred or, or okay. Instagram, you know, if that seems like, or LinkedIn, <laughs> I get a lot of people on LinkedIn, whatever it is. TikTok, you know. whatever those kids are into. I, I, I do, exactly. <laughs> TikTok, I'm not on yet. One day. <laughs> Stay but, away. Stay no, away. I am. Until my own kids get on that, then it's going to be a different story. But, right. Um, but yeah reach out to me. I, I'm happy to either talk to you myself. You know, I do, I spend a lot of time each week going through portfolio reviews with, with potential freelance photographers or our current freelance photographers, whoever it might be. Um, you know, I love that part of the role. You know, I love discovering new talent. You know, we're always looking for people not to say that everyone's ready to work for us, mm -hmm. but I, yeah, I'm always, you know, willing to give my time to, to at least have that phone call and at least set you up with somebody, whether it's myself or one of our assignment editors or one of our staff photographers. You know, that's the one thing I, I do love about our staff photographers. All of them are willing to give back. Right. What do you think makes a good Getty photographer? What are you looking for? That's a great question. Um, to me, somebody who is, is willing to be a part of a team, we, we do pride ourselves on, on working together. You know, we, we, we don't like the lone wolf photographers going to go run off and, and, you know, end up standing right next to one of our other <laughs> photographers. Um, you know, to me, I always think, you know, and I say this all the time that I think we do have the best sports photographers in the business, at least, you know, um, you know, throughout, you know, the world, you know, all of them are incredibly talented, not to say that they don't have, they all have certain strengths. I think sure. they work well together. You know, all of them are, are looking for different things, you know, and it's part of my job is to, to, like I said earlier, to blend the team to make sure it's the right group of people when they're, we're, when they're working together. Um, somebody that understands what Getty's looking for. We're looking for different things. You know, we work with the leagues themselves, a lot of them. Um, we have a lot of partnerships, you know, with the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, PGA Tour, whoever it might be, and understanding those commercial requirements as well and also getting the best pictures. It's hard. It's hard to juggle both. Not right. everyone's cut out for that. You know, not everyone can can perform at, at the level, make the pretty picture, stand on that, you know, hole for whatever it might be just to get the stock and then go find that amazing sunset, you know, silhouette later on that day. Mm -hmm. It's it's tough. It, it's not for everybody. Um, 
Because yeah. it's it's a bit of commercial work. It's a bit of sports. It's a bo- bit of journalism. It is. You know, yeah. so you got to wear these little hats differently depending right. on where you're at. Yeah, it, it's an adjustment. We hired a couple new people uh, about a year and a half ago, um, some of them who had never worked for us before. And it took some adjustment. I, I think they were, you know, some who have come from a newspaper background. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know, newspapers, uh, you know, most of them are looking for 25 photos from the game and that's it. And, you know, we're looking for those amazing 25 photos. And then we're looking for 200 more stock images. Right. It's a different mindset when you're going out and shooting. You know, and some photographers we use are just stock photographers and, mm-hmm. and are good at that. You know, but to me, us, to be on staff with us, you have to be able to juggle both. Right. You have to be able to, to find that, you know, that hidden gem of a photo and also get the, the stock and take care of the commercial shot list that we might give our photographers. All right, so you got 40 staff photographers, yep. right? Games at 4.30 on Irvine this Saturday. What four photographers are you bringing in to shoot our oh, game? Man. <laughs> oh, man, no way. I'm not dumb. Uh, You're uh, going to pick that one, this one, and that guy. I, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, the four who are going to be the closest. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> don't answer no, that. I'm not going to answer, answer that. that. You don't no. need those emails. No, no. Why didn't you pick me? No. And the amazing thing about it is, like I said, you take any of them. I, I would take any of them. Yeah, I mean, almost any, any of our staff. No, and, and I would. I would take any of them. Oh, you got a great staff. But I know who's going to work well together as well. You know, yeah. some. You know, there's there's somebody they're going to work well with. Some they're going to work better with. You know, and I want to make sure that that combination always goes well. Right. And sometimes I like you know when they might not work well together and they're stuck together for a weekend and they got to figure it out yeah sometimes that little tension is good for them yeah and and maybe they sit down and have a beer at the end of the night and realize they're the same kind of person and it's different you know and right you know i think we all forget you know when we've been locked in our homes for so long you know that you know those relationships can change and people change and people look at things differently right Max, thanks for the time. I'm it's glad we didn't Zoom this. We I got know. to be in the big office, and I dragged you out of the it's been great. Uh, over the hill into the into work. It's been great. No, I, I really enjoy. You know, like I said, you know, to me, the the passion that I have for this industry, you know, and, and finding that that talent out there, and and seeing where I started into where I've come into, and like I said, I didn't know there were roles like this out there, and and hopefully other people can realize too that yes, you know it's fun to be a photographer, but it's also fun to be an editor or a manager or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different roles in this industry if you want to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, the great thing is, is that you're giving back and you're helping out, like either looking at portfolio reviews, dealing with Adams or anything. There's another Max or a Sally that you're helping yeah. out. And that's all they need because Max in 2003 didn't know this job existed. Totally. So if you can push Max and Sally to be like, here's something, that's fantastic. Uh, no, to me, it's a, it's the most rewarding part of the job for sure. Yeah. It is finding that person who, you know, didn't know that what they could become and seeing their career progression. And, you know, it's funny. I still feel like I'm, I'm I am young and I'm not going to yeah. say that I'm not, but you know, <laughs> it is funny now to see the the next generation coming in and, and getting a chance to, to influence their lives and mentor them and, and see where they end up. So, okay. Here, you, you want to feel old? Wait, yes. look at the Arizona team. Oh, where man. are those guys now? 
Oh, Damon's wow. a basketball coach, yep. right? Where's he at? Uh, he was a Pacific, he's an wasn't he? Assistant coach somewhere now. Wasn't he the head coach even for Pacific? He was. Yep. Jefferson's on ESPN occasionally yep. or something. Donated. I think he donated ten million dollars to <laughs> university. Good for him. I wish yeah. I can do that. They still call me looking for money. I'm not doing that much. Sorry. <laughs> Lutz passed away. He has. You know, Jason Gardner, um, who was a point guard for us at the time, is an assistant coach. Gilbert Renus, who I actually grew up with, Gilbert, that um, went to. to middle and elementary school with him um i don't know he has a podcast now uh, he's doing pretty well uh luke walton was the coach of the lakers and the kings right. and yeah. Luke's now you know i don't know what he's looking for his next gig yeah so yeah it's funny to, to see those guys Andre iguodala is i think the only one sadly that i went to school with and covered at the time that's still playing in the nba he so must be hanging on he is hanging on he's still there you know he's won a couple rings now with, yeah. with steph and the warriors which is amazing so good for him but yes he is kind of like once he's done i'm like oh no it's over my connection <laughs> So, it's school is done. Done. I know. I still love that Tom Brady still competes. I still feel young because Tom Brady's still playing football. So it's good. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, yeah. He came out of retirement one more time to I make know. you feel younger. Yeah. Hey, you know, as long as there's people playing sports older than me, I feel all right. So, thanks for your time, man. Of course, man. it was fun. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Max Wolfson. Please click the like button if you enjoyed the episode. Become a subscriber to the show. Please leave a review if you enjoyed what you heard. And remember, you can follow the Just a Good Conversation podcast on Instagram. You can find all of our past shows on the website, justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.